What does it mean to defend the faith? Kirby Anderson answers that question by examining the apologetics of Jesus. Now on Probe. Jesus was one of the greatest leaders, teachers, and remarkable individuals that ever lived, but few realize that Jesus was also the great apologist. Apologetics is the rational defense of Christianity. Christian apologists use reason and evidence to present a convincing case for Christianity, to challenge unbelief, to expose errors, and to defend the message of the gospel. Apologetics was an essential part of the ministry of Jesus. If it was important in his ministry, it certainly should be important in all ministries looking to impact the unbelieving world for Christ. Again, that's the Bible commands us in 1 Peter 3.15, quote, us next time as set we shine God's light into as our Lord dark in your hearts. Always be prepared probe. to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have, unquote. We are commanded to provide a well-reasoned answer for our faith in Christ to an unbelieving world. Jesus commanded us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Apologetics involves knowing why you believe and complies with Christ's command of loving God with your mind. There exists, I think, some misunderstanding among Christians as to whether or not apologetics is necessary. Some, for example, believe that our belief in Christ is based upon faith and does not require solid reasons or evidence to support it. Therefore, in witnessing to unbelievers, they would say that apologetics is ineffective in leading another one to faith. They believe that a Christian can simply present the gospel and the Holy Spirit and the scriptures will do the rest. However, that is not really the example of Christ. Christ made extraordinary claims to be the divine Son of God. He made such claims as being the source of life, forgiver of sins, the embodiment of truth and authority over the Old Testament law. Such claims were met with skepticism, doubt, and hostility. Jesus knew that he was making remarkable claims, and he did not expect people to simply believe his message without good reasons. He was not seeking or wanting people to exercise blind faith. Jesus understood that we are rational and moral beings, for we are created in the image of God who is a rational and morally perfect being. For this reason, we exercise our rational capacity and investigate the evidence before making decisions. Christ knew that he would have to make a compelling case to uphold his claims, and he did. And throughout his ministry, he presented compelling reasons and evidence to uphold his claim to be the divine Son of God. This week, we're going to be looking at the apologetics of Jesus. You've been listening to Probe with your host, Kirby Anderson. To get your free copy of Pat Zuckerin's transcript, The Apologetics of Jesus, visit us at probe.org. Again, that's probe.org. Then join us next time as we shine God's light into our dark culture here on Probe. A man lay ill for 38 years lying beside the pool of Bethesda along with a multitude of crippled individuals. Suddenly, an unknown stranger walks up and asks him a strange question. Do you want to get well? As the lame man begins to explain his situation, the stranger orders the man to get up, pick up your mat and walk. Immediately, strength enters his legs and he rises and walks carrying his mat at the strange orders. Soon afterwards, the Pharisees arrive and examination ensues. What should have been a moment of rejoicing turns into a serious interrogation. The Jewish leaders in John 5 confront Jesus seeking an opportunity and reason to kill him. Instead of praising God in the healing of the lame man, the focus of the Jewish leaders is on the apparent violation of the Jewish tradition by Jesus. Jesus responded saying, quote, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working, unquote. 
The following verse states, For this reason the Jews tried all the harder to kill him, not only because he was breaking the Sabbath, because he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. In this chapter, Jesus performed some remarkable feats and made some extraordinary claims. When questioned, Jesus gave an answer, or an apologia, defense of his work and character. In his answer, we see that he was the greatest apologist and that apologetics was a key component in the ministry of Jesus. In the passage that follows, Jesus presents some of the clearest and strongest case regarding his nature as the divine Son of God. New Testament scholar Leon Morris states, quote, Nowhere in the Gospels do we find our Lord making such a formal, systematic, orderly, regular statement of his own unity with the Father, his divine commission and authority, and the proofs of his Messiahship as we find in this discourse, unquote. So what was the apologetic method Jesus used in this instance? Well, Jesus' apologetic involved the testimony of witnesses. According to Jewish law, a testimony is valid only if there are at least two witnesses who could verify to the truth of an individual's claim. Jesus knew these men needed solid testimony to confirm his claims, but also testimony that would convict them of their error regarding his understanding of his identity. Jesus brings forth five witnesses that testify in his behalf. John the Baptist, his works, the Father, the Old Testament Scriptures, and Moses. This week we're talking about the apologetics of Jesus, and tomorrow we'll continue to learn more about his apologetic method. It is a well-known fact that Jesus was a great storyteller. His stories captivated the audience and taught a valuable lesson. Terms like the Good Samaritan and the Prodigal Son are recognized all over the world because of the unforgettable stories by Jesus. One of the best ways to communicate truth is to illustrate it through stories, which are also an effective way to penetrate into hardened hearts that might not be receptive to a direct gospel presentation. The parables of Christ are some of the most remarkable lessons ever taught. Now, through the use of these stories, Jesus makes a declaration and defense of his ministry and claims. The images he selects are used in the Old Testament and later Jewish literature in reference to God. Jesus uses these images and applies them often to himself. Philip Payne states, quote, Out of the 52 recorded narrative parables, 20 depict him in imagery which in the Old Testament typically referred to God. The frequency with which this occurs indicates that Jesus regularly depicted himself in images which were particularly appropriate for depicting God, unquote. Now, by applying these images to himself, Jesus indicates his self-understanding as the divine Son of God and was communicating this truth to his audience. Payne identifies ten prominent images used in the parables in which images used in reference to God in the Old Testament are applied to Jesus himself. His repeated use of these images, I think, indicates that he wanted his audience to recognize his divinity and that he was carrying out the very will of God in his ministry on earth. Well, here are a few examples of where Christ declares his divinity in the Gospels. For example, the image of the rock is used to describe God, especially in the Psalms. Well, in the parables of Jesus, Matthew 7 and Luke 6, he states that those who build their lives upon his teachings have built their lives upon a rock. In Psalm 23 and Ezekiel 34, God is portrayed as a shepherd. In John 10, Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd. And in another parable, Jesus uses the example of a bridegroom. Well, if you look in Isaiah 49, 54, and Jeremiah 1 and Hosea, you see that God is pictured as a bridegroom. And in Matthew 2, Matthew 9, and Luke 5, Jesus identifies himself as the bridegroom. 
These parables were powerful stories Jesus used to communicate truth, but they were only part of the apologetics of Jesus. To learn more about this, you may want to purchase a copy of the newly released book, The Apologetics of Jesus, written by Norm Geisler and Probe staff member Pat Zucharin. Jesus commanded us to love the Lord your God with all your mind. Jesus exemplifies what it meant to love God with all your mind. He was the greatest thinker who ever set foot upon earth. Philosopher Dallas Willard states, quote, We need to understand that Jesus is a thinker, that this is not a dirty word, but an essential work, and that his other attributes do not preclude thought, but only ensure that he is certainly the greatest thinker of the human race, the most intelligent person who ever lived on earth. He constantly uses the power of logical insight to enable people to come to the truth about themselves and about God from inside of their own heart and mind, unquote. Jesus understood that we are created in the image of God. Our Creator is a reasonable and rational being. We are thus endowed with the capacity for reason and rationality. Isaiah 1.18, God invites Israel, saying, Come, now let us reason together. God wanted the people of Israel to use their ability to reason and consider the consequences of their behavior. Jesus showed himself to be a brilliant apologist who used the laws of logic to reveal truth, to demolish arguments, and point out error. The communication of truth and discerning error requires the use of reason. Since our faith is a reasonable faith, reason was part of the apologetics of Jesus. An example of the use of reason is found in Matthew 12. Here the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of the devil. Through the use of reason, Jesus showed their accusation to be false. The argument he used is the argument known as reducto ad absurdum. This is an argument that demonstrates that if the primary premise is supposed to be true, then it leads to a contradiction that is absurd. One would then inevitably have to conclude that the original premise is false. Jesus responded saying, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, his is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So here we see that Jesus points out the illogical nature of the accusation and further points to the testimony of his miracles that confirm his authority being from God. To learn more, read the book, The Apologetics of Jesus, written by Norm Geisler and Probe staff member Pat Zucran. Something had gone terribly wrong. The Messiah had arrived, but the kingdom, which would be characterized by liberty, freedom, and the just rule of God, had not arrived. Instead, John the Baptist found himself in prison awaiting execution. Confused and discouraged, John sent his disciples to Jesus to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus responds by pointing to the testimony of his miracles. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. When asked by John if he was indeed the Messiah, Jesus defends his claim by pointing to the testimony of his miracles. Miracles represent another component in the apologetics of Jesus. Now, a miracle is a special act of God that interrupts the normal course of events. Natural laws describe what occurs regularly by natural causes, but miracles describe what happens rarely by supernatural causes. A miracle is an act of God designed to confirm the word of God through the messenger of God. 
Now, throughout the Old Testament, God used miracles to confirm his message and his messenger. Christ's miracles demonstrated that what he claimed about himself was true and that God's confirming hand was on his message that he preached. Jesus performed a vast array of miraculous signs that demonstrated his divine authority over every realm of creation. Now, interestingly enough, when friendly as well as hostile audiences questioned Jesus, he defended his claims with the testimony of miracles. Many who witnessed Christ's miracles made the connection. Nathaniel witnessed the omniscience of Christ, responding, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Nicodemus, in his evening visit, meets Jesus, saying, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God was not with him. When Christ establishes his kingdom, all creation will be subject to him. Sin, sickness, death, and disease will be overcome, and the subjects of the kingdom will never be in want. The miracles of Christ reflect his divine nature and demonstrate the king of the kingdom has actually indeed arrived. This week we've been talking about various aspects of the apologetics of Jesus. To learn more, I would encourage you to purchase a copy of the newly released book, The Apologetics of Jesus, written by Norm Geisler and Pat Zugrin.